Días de Vino y Radio, un programa presentado por Gabriel Ruiz López para todos los amantes del vino, agricultores, enólogos, sommeliers, bodegueros, comerciantes, restauradores, periodistas, conectando directamente desde Barcelona, España. Thank you, Patricia. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on the point of the planet you are. Today, continuing in the Central Europe, we are going to explore Hungary. It is the cradle of uh, Tokai, which is a mythic wine made uh, partially with uh, grapes uh, affected by botrytis. And theoretically, this is an illness, but uh, they discover how to manage to make a, a great wine with these grapes. And we will do it with uh, Laszlo Mezzaros uh, from the winery Disnoble, which has received the category of uh, Grand Cru already almost 300 years ago. So it has a long story, but better he will explain to us. Hi, Laszlo, how are you? Hi, Gabi, very well, thank you. And thank you for, for the invitation. I'm happy okay. to talk about Tokai with mm -hmm. you. Yeah, I hope I pronounce well the names, your name, Metzaros and uh, yes. Visnoko. Visnoko, yes. <laughs> Because uh, Hungarian is a little bit difficult uh, uh, language for us. Well, at, uh, at first, uh, after this introduction, I would like that you explain about yourself. How did you arrive to the to the wine world and your trajectory since uh, Visnoko? Yeah, actually, I, I started to work in this local in, in 95, uh, so more than uh, 25 years ago. Wow. And um, so this was my, my first officer job, mm -hmm. and I, I'm, I'm, I'm there. So I, I, uh, I arrived, I'm not from the red wine region. I, I come from another wine region. I come from another region of Hungary, which is most uh, uh, the western part of Hungary, close to Austria. And Tokai is situated northeast of, of the country. But Hungary is a small country, but it's about 400 kilometers from the region I am from. And I, I, uh, I studied agronomy, uh, agronomy, viticulture, etc. And uh, when I finished my studies in '95, I was looking for uh, some some work experience. And uh, At that time in Tokai, it was it was the time of uh, of Renaissance. It was the time of comeback. So uh -huh. it was a, a few years after the political change changes in Hungary, and uh, uh, before until the 90s, uh, after the Second War and until the 90s, the Tokai wine region was controlled by just one uh, state-owned monopoly. Farm like a, like a Sokhoz, so every wine was made by by them. They 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 worked with high yields. They mixed everything together, so there was no vintage character, no terroir character. And in the beginning of the 90s, there was a lot of changes. Uh, the small producers could develop their businesses. There were a lot of uh, interest in Tokai from, from international European companies, from uh, France, from Spain, like Sicilia as well, of course, as you know. 
Mm-hmm. In the United States, for many, many wine uh, people were interested to, to invest in Pocay. And uh, in, in, in 92, uh, this locker was bought by uh, the wine group of Aksa Milezim, who is the owner of uh, Pichon Baron in, in Poyak, but also some great, other great uh, properties uh, in Europe and also in Napa right now. Uh-huh. And, um, and it, was, it was the beginning. And, and uh, I think they were happy to, that a young guy that as I was at the time was very Yeah, you, would, you must be very young at that time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that I, I was uh, interested in uh, to, to work with, with them. And it was an extremely exciting time because it was, it was the, uh, uh, we have to replant the vineyard. We had to re- rethink the whole range of the wines to recreate the brands and uh, also to define the, the old um, winemaking traditions mm-hmm. and uh, to, to, to use these traditions together with new winemaking techniques, modern technology. So it was re- extremely, extremely exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it means that during the, the Soviet times, uh, Sovietic times, uh, there have been uh, let's say stop of uh, the, the the normal development of the the region and when you joined the company you restarted like uh, previous uh, to the to the soviet invasion no uh, yes. second world war no mm-hmm. okay so uh, let's uh, take advantage of this uh, uh, what you said uh, to to know the story of the region of uh, tokai uh, because uh, it's, it's a long, long tradition. I think uh, it's older than uh, Sotern. Like uh, yes, to, actually, to, to, the, the Tokai wine region is the oldest delimited wine region in the world. So its delimitation dates back to uh, to 1737, and it was a delimitation by a royal decree, and. Mm-hmm. It was also quite logical delimitation because the, um, the borders of the region are natural borders. The, uh, the mountains from the north, a river from the east, and the plain from the south. And um, it covers today a little bit less than 6,000 hectares. Uh, and uh, the vineyards of Tokai are situated on the eastern and southern slopes of the small, small hills, small, small mountains. And uh, many of the great uh, vineyards are facing to the south, uh-huh. facing to the, to the plain. So uh, it's, a, it's an important thing that we have uh, the vineyard on the slope grown on uh, volcanic clay soil. And uh, and facing to the soap is important for, for the production of uh, sweet wines because we have the morning mist, the, uh, the misty, foggy air coming from the plain, and uh, it will emphasize the development of the botrytis. And also it's important to have a good aeration. It means that we need, uh, after having the botrytis, uh, on the vine, 
on the grape. We need some, some dry weather to dry out, to shrivel the botrytis-affected berries. Mm -hmm. So this is important for, for, for making sweet wines. Yeah, but how, how they discovered that uh, they could do this uh, special wine with uh, uh, grapes affected by the botrytis? Yeah, I, th I think it was it was discovered uh, in the Middle Ages, but there are of course a lot of legends, uh, mm -hmm. and um, and there is a nice legend concerning the um, the birth of Tokayasu, our most important uh, sweet wine, is that it was in the early 17th centuries when um, part of the Hungary was occupied by, um, by the um, Ottomans, by the Turkish Empire. And um, Toka itself was not occupied, but there was a lot of, um, some, several times, Turkish troops um, invaded the region. And um, according to the legend, uh, during harvest time of uh, 1630 around, uh, the, the Turkish Troops came during the harvest time, and people couldn't harvest. And uh, and when Turkish left, uh, end of October, early November, people could only find very, very dried, very shriveled berries that they didn't want to pick in the beginning. But then there was a there was a priest, uh, the priest uh, Sepshi, who ordered people to select these these berries and he made the wine uh, of these very dried berries and he offered the wine to the wife of the prince the, prin the wife of the prince Rakotsi, and uh, um, she was uh, she was delighted by the quality of, of this wine and, and this is how Kokayasu was born so this is this is a very nice legend well, it looks like a legend but it makes sense also no? yeah. it makes sense and, and uh... Well, as many, many things uh, in the world, uh, the discovery sometimes is just because of anecdotes, no? or some kind of um, coincidence or well, like this, no? not, uh, not mostly by investigation. Maybe we investigate after why it has happened, but uh, you find that it has happened and uh, the result is good, no? In this, in this case, excellent because it's a wonderful wine with this uh, golden color and uh, the texture and uh, you know it's a, it's a very special wine. Well, and um, then of course uh, you 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 said that this uh, winery, this Noco, uh, was founded after the nineties, after this. Uh, period uh, of the Soviets. And uh, can, can you explain us a little bit about your winery, uh, how it was established and how many hectares you have in production and so on? Yeah, so this Tokyo is, um, is, a, is a one single piece of uh, vineyard with uh, some historical vines, but in, in, in one, one area. It altogether uh, covers uh, a little bit more than 100 hectare. And, um, and we are situated on the, uh, on the southern western part of the region, 
um, we have uh, we have the, the vines are uh, on the slopes. Sometimes the slopes can be quite steep, and the vines are situated between 130 and 220 meters of uh, of height. Uh, uh, the um, we have different type of soils. We have different type type of uh, base rocks. We have uh, mostly uh, rhyolite and rhyolite tufa uh, volcanic base rocks, and um, and we have uh, mostly clay soils. In some area, the clay is mixed with um, with a lot of volcanic gravels. In some area, the clay is also mixed with a lot with uh, some uh, some less. The less is a lighter lighter soil, and it, it makes a great diversity of uh, of uh, of small uh, micro terroirs that mm -hmm. are of course um, harvested and and vinified uh, separately during the harvest. Mm -hmm. uh, so as as uh, everyone. Might know Tokai produce, produces only white grapes. Uh, so we have the traditional uh, white varieties of Tokai. I think we will talk about it later. And, uh, and we produce a, a classic range of Tokai wines. It means we, we produce dry wines, we produce late harvest styles, and also we produce the, the Tokai Asso. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, the total production of uh, of this smoker is about um, uh, about three hundred thousand bottles per, per year. The yeah, year I was uh, going to ask you this because I suppose uh, you said one hundred hectares you have. Yes. So the the yield of production of per hectare must be low, no? Very low because because when we have this concentration in the grape. It makes uh, less volume, and also we have, of course, uh, a control for the for the yield. So, uh, yeah, making great tokai, like making great wine everywhere, you need to control, of course, the uh, the vineyard and the, and the yield. And mainly among these hectares, uh, how many hectares are old vineyards and uh, new new vineyards? Um, actually. Um, we 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 have been replanted the majority of the vines uh, since uh, since the 90s because um, the uh, many vineyards that we inherited from uh, from the state farm was planted with very low density uh, high cordon and uh, it, it and uh, the state of the vine was was not very good and we made a replantation program and uh, and, uh, and continuously we have been replanting uh, the, the majority of the, uh, the vines so we still have a, a little bit of old old vines but uh, one hectare planted in in, uh, in 1952 but the majority of the wines were all planted uh, after the 90s and still now we we are doing uh, replantations, and also we 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 are replanting sites that were abandoned during the communist area because they were sites with uh, difficult uh, access 
uh, it was too steep, it was difficult to cultivate with the big, big machines. But now these very high quality sites are always, are also replanted. Uh -huh. And talking about uh, varieties, the most known is uh, full mint. Yeah, in, in, in Tokai we have six, six. Mm -hmm. varieties, authorized varieties. Uh, only white varieties, as I told. And if the full mint is, obviously this is the greatest uh, and most, most important variety for the region. This is the variety that we use for, uh, mostly use for sweet wines, but also for, for, for dry wines. It's, a, it's an autochthon variety, it's an indigenous variety. Uh, it was selected in, in the wine region uh, some uh, 100 years ago. And Furmint for this is about 70%. And, uh, and for the, the region, it's about 60%. Mm -hmm. So this is part the most important. The second variety is called Hash Levelu. It's more difficult to, <laughs> yeah, to remember, to pronounce, which is also a local variety uh, with a little bit uh, thicker skin and um, and uh, bigger bunch uh, than the Furmint. It is more aromatic, but it is less sensible for botrytis. So hash value covers about 30% of the, um, the wine region. And about 15% in the Disnoke vineyard. And then we have uh, so hash value and Furmin together, it gives almost 90% for the region. And then for the 10%, we have uh, we also have a, a Muscat, which is the same variety as the Muscat Blanc in, um, in France and also in, in, in many southern European countries. Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, we have a variety called uh, Zeta and uh, Kabar. They are quite new varieties. They are cross of Furmint and cross of Hashtabali with, with, uh, with Bouvier varieties. And, uh, and there's a, uh, the last one is called Kuvier Sulu, which is also a local, local variety. So but from, from out of the six varieties for this local, the important varieties are Furmint, Hashtabalu, and the Zeta, and also we have some, some Muscat. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And this and is a variety that you have uh, for the 10%. I can't remember the name, sorry. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> complicated except Muscat. Uh, do you use them for uh, blending with the, with the Furmint, uh, maybe, no? Uh, like I'm improving. Yes, I think the, um, so with this varieties, we make the whole range and, uh, and we make a, a, a pure formant dry wine. We make also another dry wine, which is a blend of formant and hash mm -hmm. and, uh, and the Asu wines uh, are mostly made of uh, formant botrytis grapes and mm. also some zeta and hash value sometimes. And very often the, what we call the base wine or base must for the vinification of the Tukayasu is uh, it, we use a lot of hash value for the base wine. Mm -hmm. and, but also we make quite a lot of monovarietal 
uh, lots that are later blended together. So, mm-hmm. in a in a distoku tokayasu uh, five to ten years, you will uh, have mostly formin grapes, a little bit of hash gravy, and also sometimes uh, some zeta as well. Mm-hmm. And these two varieties are more sensitive to the botrytis. They are easier to to get the illness, no? Exactly. Yes. Yeah, and then uh, talking about uh, climate again a little bit, uh, uh, I read that it's very important that uh, an area with fog uh, that uh, preserves uh, the humidity that from one side avoids uh, icing the, the grapes and from other side is also keeping the humidity to provoke the botrytis, right? Yeah, that's right. So it's Toka is a, is a continental region, so we have continental climate. Hungary is in Central Europe, so we don't have any, any seaside uh, close to us. And um, continental means that it is um, uh, hot and dry in summer and, uh, and cold in winter. And the, the overall precipitation, the overall rainfall is, is quite low, is, uh, is about 600 millimeters per year, which yeah, is not too much. Quite low. It's, 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 um, it's even lower than, than many uh, Spanish wine regions, yeah. but it's, uh, it's more uh, uh, balanced because it's, it's, it's not like that we have uh, rainfall in winter and nothing in, uh, in summer. Mm-hmm. So, so it's it's more. I would say we have it's more regular than mm-hmm. uh, than many other wine regions. Uh-huh. And uh, and uh, when we talk about botrytis in uh, in Tokai, uh, people sometimes, very often, not just sometimes, they compare Tokayasu with Sotern, which is Sotern is, is probably most uh, well-known uh, sweet wine. And mm-hmm. uh, the difference is that in Sotern they have a more humid climate, and they mm-hmm. have a more botrytis, more intense botrytis. Mm-hmm. And uh, and in Tokai we have a drier climate during harvest time, and we have a a finer botrytis. And right after the attack of the botrytis, we have a very uh, quick. Uh, desiccation. So mm. uh, we these grapes, these botrytis grapes, lose their uh, the the water content uh, very quickly, and, mm. and at the end they they become almost like like raisins. So there is no more juice inside. So you, mm-hmm. it would be impossible to press these grapes. So you you can of course press. The grapes that you pick in Sotern, mm-hmm. but it will be not possible for the what we call for uh, asuberry. They are completely mm-hmm. dry. Yeah, yeah, but in this case, uh, the the climate is something very, very important. And then, uh, did you notice something about the global warming or climate change that is starting to affect your your grapes? Yes, I think obviously we can we can. Um, We can see um, maybe from 2000 um, much much more warm vintage, uh, uh, the ripening 
everything is earlier than it, it used to be, earlier bud break, earlier flowering, earlier ripening, of course. And, uh, but so far, uh, this change is, um, is, not, uh, is, is mostly positive because uh, Toka is, is quite, quite at the northern limit of the European viticulture. So now we have vineyards northern than Tokai, but I would say that, that historically Tokai was one of the, uh, the most northern wine region. And I remember in, in the 90s, we had a lot of vintages with, um, uh, not for this local, but in, in the region in general, where the ripening was not perfect. Uh -huh. and, and also the forming is a variety that ripens late, it ripens uh, October, middle of October, sometimes even, even later. And with these warmer vintages, uh, the, the ripening is, is not an issue anymore in, in, mm -hmm. in, in most of the vintages. So uh, working with, with very ripe grape means that you will have a, a better quality unless you have also the, um, the botrytis and the humidity. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So talking about this, about, about agriculture, uh, a little bit, uh, as you said, about the harvest. Well, first, uh, before going to the harvest, I would like to know also to explain to the audience uh, what which kind of agriculture you do. Is it uh, ecological, bio, or you do something special? Yeah, we, we, we have, um, we have a, a certification for um, for uh, sustainable agriculture. Um, uh, it means that we, um, we avoid the use of uh, some pesticides uh, some some and, and and also we don't we don't use uh, uh, weed kill, chemical weed killers so the um, the soil is wet and um, and in in uh, in about the half of the vineyards we use only ecological practices uh, we don't have certification for that but it's uh, it's an important issue uh, for us. And also it's, um, it's not very difficult to do this in Tokai because, because we have a drier vintage, drier weather here, and uh, we have less problems of, uh, of uh, <clears throat> downing you and at the best than in, in other wine regions. Mm -hmm. And uh, the vineyards are, uh, the, the training is mostly um, cordon royat, single or double cordon, but, but the, the youngest plantings that we are making, uh, we also will use some, some gyo, which is not very common in, um, in Tokai, so it's, it's something that we have to learn to, to our workers, how to, how to prune gyo, how to form the uh, changes the systems of pruning and so on, no? Yes, yes. Yes, it's, it's, um, it's still a lot of learning uh, about how to make um, better grapes. Uh -huh. We also have a lot of problems with, um, with, uh, with the, uh, the ESCA and some, some disease uh, that, that, uh, that destroys the vine itself. 
So now we are paying a lot of attention to the way of pruning. We try to to follow a little bit, to apply a little bit the uh, the simonet mm-hmm. method, uh, respecting the flow uh, in, in the vine. So it's it's still a lot of um, a lot of uh, learning in, um, in, in in the vineyard. Uh-huh. Okay, so. Uh... Let's talk about the harvest because, well, as far as I understand, that we go after to to do the vinification and uh, winemaking and so on. I understand that Tokai is a kind of blend between, uh, let's say, normal uh, wine fermented and harvested on time, and part of it uh, harvested with botrytis and after blend. Is exactly. So. Yeah, the, the harvest in Tokai is, is a very long harvest. Sometimes mm-hmm. it takes three months. Three months? Uh, three months, wow. yes. Wow, wow. Uh, uh-huh. and, um, so usually in the beginning, uh, we, we have uh, two varieties with earlier ripening, the Muscat and the Zeta. And, uh, and sometimes we can already pick some, some botrytis-affected berries from these two early ripening varieties uh, in the beginning of September. But then we, we pick the grapes from Purmint to make uh, dry wine, dry, dry Tokai, usually from the middle of September until the middle of October, depending on the, on the vintage. Mm-hmm. So, Basically, we start with picking non-botrytis, non-botrytized bunches for making dry wines, and then we 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 have uh, this spread of botrytis in the grapes, and when we observe that the, the botrytized grapes becomes shriveled, we call them asuberry. These berries are picked one by one, uh, berry by berry. Yeah? Uh, uh, not, not the bunch? Not the bunch, just we, we only remove the berry one by one. Uh, it, it's an extremely labor-intensive picking. We need sometimes 150 uh, pickers to select these grapes. And, and in a good vintage, on the forming uh, fields, we can have three uh, selections, three passages. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the end of the day, these botrytis affected grapes are pulled into a, into a container, into a vat, and we don't vinify them. We just leave them in the vat until the end of the harvest. So they are so dried that mm-hmm. there is no fermentation, there is no any uh, uh, alteration of the grapes. So we can we can conserve them in a cool place until until uh, until the end of October. Uh-huh. And um, and usually these one by one pickings uh, last until end end of October, beginning of November. And uh, when we see that there is no more chance to have more dried, very dried grapes, then we 
pick all the clusters, we pick all the all the bunches, and we make a cluster selection. Wow. And the, and the clusters with botrytis, but less concentrated, less dry, will be pressed and and used for late harvest or for Elias Samorobi, which are the traditional late harvest wine. And the clusters with no botrytis, a little bit overripe, but without botrytis, will be the will be used for the wine or must uh, that we will really going to use for um, the vinification of uh, Tokayasu. Uh-huh. And uh, so usually it's a, it's a hard work. <laughs> it's a hard work. And uh, and it's it, as I told you, sometimes three three months, but it's of course less intense in terms of um, uh, vinification during the harvest because because a lot of asu berries are not vinified uh, immediately they will be vinified uh, later wow, wow wow and then this uh, this uh, grapes you pick one by one they are picked in uh, baskets and it's what you call putonius or uh, they, they are picked in, in, in now it's in a smaller smaller I, I don't know how it's a smaller yeah uh, bin and um, but then they are stored in in, uh, in these containers with vats and during the storage there is a little bit of uh, free run juice uh, which is about uh, from 100 kilograms of berries, we will obtain about like two, three liters of freedom juice, which is like a nectar. Uh, it has like, it's almost like a honey. It has uh, 600 to 900 grams of sugar per liter. And this is what we call essentia. So the essentia is, is just the, uh, the freedom of the uh, botrytis affected berries before the vinification before the, uh, the maceration. And these essentials are then pulled into uh, glass containers, into demijohns, 50 liters, 20 liters, and they will be, uh, uh, yeah, without any intervention, they will be kept there in the cellar for several years. And during this time, there is a um, a little bit of fermentation, but not real fermentation because they are so rich in sugar that they cannot ferment as a regular wine. So during this this very slow micro fermentation, they will produce like one or two percent of alcohol, and then the rest will be pure sugar and, and flavors. So this is the essentia. And then with the, the rest of the grapes. Uh, at the end of the harvest, these grapes are uh, mixed together with uh, the must with or one to make a maceration, to make a skin contact. Uh -huh. And sometimes it's almost made as a red wine. So we we uh, we mix the the, the botrytis affected asu berries together with the intensely fermented must. And uh, and then we are doing uh, pumping overs 
we do a maceration during uh, two, three days. And during this maceration, the sugars, the flavors, the acids, but also some tannins, some polyphenols, some tannins are extracted from the acid into the wine. And then the, uh, the acid are pressed. It's a very slow and, and long pressing. It takes sometimes uh, 10 hours to, to press the grapes. And, uh, and then uh, after pressing, we continue the fermentation until reaching uh, about 13% of, uh, of alcohol. And then we have the final balance. We have like 13% of alcohol and let's say 150, 160 grams of sugar or a five foot shasu. The wine is, is stabilized and uh, the wine will be aged in, uh, in small barrels in, um, in, uh, in the underground, uh, cold underground cellars. Small, how, how small? Smaller than 225. Yeah, it's, it's usually 225 now, but before it was also some, some cases, it was smaller, like 136 liters, the Gönzi, the Gönzi barrel. Oh, uh -huh. So this is, this is the white wine, Tokayasu is a white wine, which is made by skin contact, by maceration. Mm -hmm. And of course, the uh, proportion of the, of the Asu berries compared to the uh, base wine, uh, will determine the, uh, the the richness, the concentration of the wine. So more asubaries you use, uh, the more concentrated will be the, uh, the finished wine. Mm -hmm. And this concentration is uh, expressed by the number of puttenesh. The mm -hmm. putten, as you mentioned, it was a small basket that people used to use for, for harvest before. And until the 19th century, these, these baskets, these puttoni, was also used to measure the amount of uh, bototized grapes. The so people measured three, four, five, or six baskets of asu grapes, and they always added to it one small barrel of base wine. So they always use the same amount of base wine, but they use different proportions, different amount of uh, asubaris. Mm -hmm. And the five putanosh was the most common because it was made with about the same amount of asubaris as base wine. So it was like uh, five putton, like five times 27 liter mixed with one small Gönzi barrel, which was 136 liters. So it was like one to one. Uh-huh. With a six putanyosh, you you have uh, you make you use more asubaris than than base one. Yeah. And uh, to have uh, an idea, this uh, five putanyosh wine, uh, how much percent of alcohol and how many uh, grams of sugar per liter has? Uh, so, uh, according to the, uh, the law, the, the Tokai law, it should have at least 19% uh, of total alcohol. 19? 
90% of uh, total alcohol, and from this, at least 9% of achieved alcohol, and at least 120 grams per liter of residual sugar. Uh-huh. But if you, if you, in an average, this local five putanyosh, we we have usually like 12%, 12-13% of alcohol, mm-hmm. and uh, and usually 100 between 130 to 160 grams of residual sugar. Mm-hmm. Okay. But of course, like in every wine and in every sweet wine, the balance between alcohol, sugar, acidity is, is very important. Mm-hmm. We say that a great sweet wine is a wine that doesn't, doesn't really taste sweet. So it's a, it's a wine that had complexity, had um, the, uh, the, the fabulous uh, aromas of, uh, of uh, the, coming from the botrytis, abricot, uh, citrus, um, orange peel, etc. Uh, it has the acidity and some, some nice bitterness in the, in the finish, and the finish is almost dry. It's uh, because the acidity will con- completely contrabalance the, um, uh, the sweetness. Uh-huh. Good. Well, uh, it's uh, quite interesting. It's uh, all uh, f- full work eh? uh, from the harvest. To the end, there's a lot of work to do this. Uh, and I think in, in, in Tokayasu, one important thing is this, this character of maceration. Mm-hmm. The fact that we have this maceration, we have not just the acidity coming from the full wheel grade, coming from, from the terroir, but also this, this tannic structure that makes uh, the wine uh, very lean and, and, and long finish and very focused, mm-hmm. which you don't have in um, in the other ones. Even if you make a late harvest, uh, you don't have this, this structure. And it, this makes also the difference compared to uh, some other uh, great sweet ones. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, and uh, can you describe us uh, your range of wines uh, from this Noko, which uh, wines you are making, you are making uh, dry wines, you are making also Tokayasu. Uh, can you describe the, uh, yeah. your range? So, uh, we make dry wines and the food mint uh, is, is a variety with, uh, with a lot of acidity. Uh, it's, not a, it's not a very aromatic variety, it's not like a Sauvignon, not like a Riesling, but it has a fresh fruity character with uh, sometimes with, with apple, with pear, um, and, uh, and some citrusy notes. And um, the, the dry food means are wines with, with, uh, with saltiness, with minerality, and uh, yeah, and, and with a very tonic, fresh, fresh character. And it has, a, it has capacity of aging in wood for a long time? Uh, we have we, we make two dry wine. The one is is um, is an unoaked version, uh, uh, which which has no oak interference, which, which is a wine to drink within uh, two three years. It's not a wine for for age. Sometimes you can keep it more than this, but it's usually young that you would drink 
for example, uh, 2017 is, is still a very good condition, but you would not keep it further. Mm -hmm. And then we have another dry tokai, which is which is a blend of uh, formant and hash value. Uh, it's a selection from the best uh, the best uh, parcels, the best plots, um, fermented and aged in uh, in barrels. And uh, in some some lots, we don't uh, we use natural fermentation. We don't. Uh, at the uh, selected yeast. And this wine has a more complex wine with uh, more texture. And this is also wine you can, we, we age it in, in barrel for um, for a few months, for six, six, seven months. But then after bottling this wine, it can be aged uh, a, a few years, five, six years, or even, even, even more. Mm -hmm. So th these are two, uh, two, um, Dry wines. So these dry wines, with their minerality, with their acidity, they are really perfect wines to, to match with the seafood, with um, I mean the, the regular dry formant, with oysters, with uh, with um, shellfish, mm -hmm. and the other one with uh, with uh, richer fishes, um, but also like every uh, poultry or yeah, some meat too. Mm -hmm. They are very gastronomic, really, really gastronomic wines with a lot of freshness and, and, uh, and uh, saltiness. And, mm -hmm. uh, and then in the range, we have, uh, we have a late harvest. And in fact, we have two late harvests. We have a, a more fruity style late, late harvest, which is very fresh and, uh, and aromatic mm -hmm. with a lot of botrytis character. Which is called simply this no curate harvest. And this is, I would say, like an introduction to the great Tokai sweet wine. And then we have another late harvest style wine, which is called 1413. And the appellation for this wine is Edes Samorodni. So Edes Samorodni is the traditional late harvest style of Tokai, but in this no we call it 1413. And 1413, in fact, in fact is the uh, is the date. When this vineyard was first mentioned in a written document, and uh -huh. these two wines are are rich wines uh, with, with very silky structure, great aromatic complexity, but without, I would say, without this very focal structure that we had in the, the Tokayasu. Uh -huh. And then we have the Tokayasu wines, five and six Pinoche. From six Putanias, we also make a, a single plot selection, single vineyard selection from the best vintages, which is called the copy vineyard, which is, the, I would say, the purest expression of the uh, of our terroir. And and we have the Essentia, which is um, which is the nectar. So this is mm. this is the range of uh, the smoky wines. Uh huh. Uh, that's a good range. Yeah, that's good. Well, uh, time flies. I, I wanted to talk a little bit also about other regions in Hungary because uh, years ago I have been in Balaton and I have been visiting some uh, my uh, small uh, wineries there. But probably we will make a, a program in the future about uh, Hungarian, other Hungarian regions. Do you yes, think? Yes, because I mean, Toka is probably the most well known Hungarian wine region, but Hungary is the wine country. 
with a lot of wine regions and mm -hmm. one of well is the the most famous and is the flag of uh, hungary i think is one top top <laughs> and uh, well for the for the end of the interview i keep always two questions one is your favorite grape which is your favorite grape is of course it's, it is ferment ferment because it's uh, ferment has so many faces it produces one of the most complex wines in the world, which is the Tokayasu. But when you make ferment, uh, when you use ferment for dry wine, it, it, it gives your wine with uh, with uh, a lot of freshness, but it also it reflects the soil, the terroir. So when you taste a, a single vineyard ferment, you understand also the uh, the type of the terroir. So it's for me it's for me, it's, it's a very volatile variety, mm -hmm. producing very good dry wines and one of the greatest sweet wines in the world. Yeah I haven't tasted uh, dry. I only tasted the the Tokai Yasu and uh, I, I feel like tasting it. <laughs> I hope I will have the opportunity soon. And uh, the last question is uh, if you can't match a wine with a song, this is the link of radio and wine, you know? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I, was, I was thinking on, on your question. So it's, <clears throat> um, if I choose a Tokayasu six foot tenors, this knocker, I would go in two, two directions. I would go to, to Baroque music, like Handel, Bolton music, for example. Mm -hmm. But in a, in a slower uh, part of the water music, or maybe uh, we go also to the big band uh, with Bill Evans, all about Rosie and the big band version, for example. Big band? Yes, big band, but in a in a slower uh, big band with some with some um, uh, some nice solos. But also the music I would I like very much. Uh, to hear uh, when I taste the, the, the wines, these wines is a classic of uh, Keith Jarrett, the Köln concert of Keith, Keith Jarrett, the first part of the Köln concert, the Köln concert. Mm -hmm. So I would I would mention these uh, music for for Tokayasu and for a four minutes. I don't know. I would go for David Bowie's Tonight. David Bowie. Uh, yeah, Tonight with, with Tina Turner. Okay, uh, we will close the program today with uh, this song. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and probably also something about big bands. Okay. Okay. Very good. Well, it has been a pleasure to have you here, and I want to thank you for your time and your disposition for the program. And uh, I hope one of these days we, there will be a new provine fair or something, and we have the opportunity to cross. And share a glass of wine, no? And also, Toka is a beautiful wine region to visit. So hopefully, well, the time will come that the, that the, the borders will be opened again. And, this is the uh, <laughs> this is the point. This is the point when they will let us uh, travel again. Uh, it's uh, the longest time without traveling in my life. I think uh, more than thirty years without traveling, like. So, so less than this is it's amazing, but it's life and uh, I hope it will pass soon. 
Thank you. Thank you a lot. And uh, cheers. Thank you, Gabriel. Yeah. And well, friends, uh, I hope you found interesting this visit to Hungary and uh, the region of Tokai. And, uh, you know, uh, be happy, drink uh, good wine and stay safe. Bye-bye. Have a nice weekend.
Okay, everybody, listen up. Hey, this is Bruno Mars. Hello, it's Katy Perry, and you're listening to Gallery of Ideas Radio Station. 